I'm Jason Thomas. Welcome to the Hardway MBA, where we empower ambitious corporate professionals. That's you, right? With real-world business knowledge. We interview business leaders who are gracious enough to share their strategic insights and tactical activities to improve your business and career. If you enjoy these interviews, please spread the word because nothing says thank you as well as a referral to your friends and colleagues. Now let's dive in. Welcome, welcome. This is Jason Thomas, your host here at the Hardway MBA. Super excited to introduce you to our next guest here, a longtime friend of mine. We're going to cover a broad range of topics uh, from working with the government, selling within that sector, uh, building leadership teams, and learning how to delegate. All very important. I certain those, those last two are very important no matter what your role is. And selling to the government, while it might be a bit niche, our, uh, our guest here has a ton of background in that and can really bring some value to the table. So let's get to know our, our guest. Marshall, uh, take a minute and introduce yourself, please. I'm Marshall Michaels. I'm the CEO of Corporate Network Services, um, and we are an IT consulting and strategy company uh, that works for um, commercial business, government, and uh, nonprofit. Marshall, thanks so much for joining me today. And Marshall and I have uh, known one another for several years, and I really you know, value Marshall's uh, expertise and experience in the technical world and in business and in sales, especially. Um, one of the things that uh, has always interested me about your business, Marshall, is the the choice you made, I think, relatively early to work and focus on government work, something that's always been it's always scared me, honestly. It's always been something that seemed too difficult. Like, man, there's a whole lot of investment up front, right, a whole right. lot of time. And then <laughs> the margins, the margins probably just aren't that good either because I'm just going to be beat up by government procurement agents that have a job to beat me up and get my prices down. Right. Why would you Why would you want to live that way? <laughs> well, you know the the misconception, and it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting that uh, you know you're you're the hard way hard way MBA, and I was I was joking around with people that when they're going to work with the government, throw your MBA away because pretty much everything that you've learned about you know capitalism and how markets work and how things work, it it just doesn't apply to the government. You know, you're you're constantly in a three bid, you're constantly in a um, you know, procurement office. It's it's a very interesting environment in that the people who want your products and services are not the people who are buying your products and services. So it's important that your your sales process works not only through the end user but also through the uh, the procurement uh, procurement officers. So um, you know, basically, what we I can't say that I sat down day one and said, you know what, my strategy is to become a <laughs> a, a government. Uh, uh, Provider, um, we started doing a small contract working with uh, the army and uh, and started helping them deploy their medical record system into um, Afghanistan, Kuwait, um, Iraq, pretty much wherever there were wherever there were issues. We were doing some of the integration for that, and what we found is. We we decided, you know, instead of the whole GSA model of selling pens, paper, you know, whatever, we were going to do service services, 
And we found that it's easier to get into a contract and then expand that contract mm-hmm. than to try to go door to door knocking on on different people and and you know realizing that uh, it's very difficult to just get a contract in the government unless you have some set aside unless you're Native American or or you've got 8A status. So we we came to the realization toward the end of last year after we've been doing this for about 15 years that we are uh, an awesome subcontractor. You know, we are, we play well in the sandbox. We manage the contract as a subcontractor. So what we started looking for is is more people that uh, that had primes and we're looking for good subs. And You'd think, well, geez, you know, they won the contract. They can find people left and right. They probably have people knocking on their doors all the time. But what we've found is even things like invoicing or, or, you know, the back office kind of stuff, um, it's really hard to find a good subcontractor. And and also finding a subcontractor that kind of knows the role. You know, they know that they're a subcontractor. They know that they're not the prime on on a contract. So using that strategy and and saying, you know what, we're going to be the best partner we possibly can, we somewhat reduce the the business development and, and sales costs because we're constantly going back to the same primes, taking the, the expertise that we have and and helping them bake that into any of the uh, the deals that they're going after. So we can provide all the, the proposal support and, and stuff like that. So, you know, the, the world of GSA and people beating on you and three bidding and, you know, that whole thing. It's it's a little bit different than what we do on on the services side, so it's worked out really well. Uh, we've we've picked up another contract this year that um, um, working as a sub, working in the uh, um, the neck up at Forty Brick, and uh, it's it's been great. You know, knowing your role, uh, knowing what you do, do it well, and um, and move on. Yeah, so I didn't realize that uh, that you guys had landed on that strategy of uh, operating as a sub. That really changes the. It changes the entire nature of your business development. Your whole the, – the structure of your targets is completely different. When you guys did that, did you turn around and say um, – I can imagine you know, laying out who are, the, who are the primes, who are the right. folks with the best contracts. And what did you, you do to go after them to, to be known by them and be the you – know, let them know, hey, we're a partner. We're a great partner, and, and this is why you should work with us. Well – you know, obviously, we went after the people that we that we're working with now, and and you just basically set up a little spreadsheet and and you try to cover the various areas. You know, you want to have a good go to eight A. You want to have a good go to Native American, woman owned. You know, you, all those all those folks. Typically, you know, let me tell you how it works. You you go have one of these meetings with a prime, and you sit down, and the first thing that they start doing or that. Obviously, they do it, not us, because I don't really like it, is they start listing all the contracts that they're on, and it, it's kind of like a who's who. It becomes, it becomes this thing where, you know, do you know this guy on this contract? Well, we worked on this contract. Do you know that guy? And, and they're trying to make people connections instead of what, what I've told our BD people, go figure out what they need. Go figure out what their weaknesses are as a prime. And go figure out how we can help them. We had one prime that was having difficulty covering the VA, uh, just walking the halls. And um, instead of just talking about all the contracts that, that each of us were working on, we offered to go walk the halls of the VA on their behalf and see what kind of business we could, you know, flush out. So we were almost like, the, you know, the dog flushing the uh, flushing the birds out so that they could shoot them. Uh-huh. That 
when you find a component is is part of their BD is part of their their process. When you can find something that you can do in the beginning to add value to them, the relationship becomes much stronger. Uh, invariably, it's do you know this guy? Do you know Jason Thomas? He worked over it, you know, and they've all got these acronyms that nobody knows what they are. <laughs> um, but you then leave the meeting, and invariably, you leave the meeting, and both of you are saying, "Oh yeah, let's work together." Well, what the heck does that mean? Right. You, you, On what? Yeah. yeah, you've sat there for long. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to call each other every week and say hi? No, you have to have actionable items that are in the BD process because you can use their name, you can leverage their contracts, you can, you know, you can start, you know, literally flushing out the uh, the quail for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had some pretty good success with that. Not necessarily that we found, you know, a specific contract, but by by solidifying that relationship, we've been able to expand some of the contracts that we're already in. And, and it's worked great for us. So that's exactly the kind of hustle that, that interests me and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. You, you have somebody uh, – you sit down with this prime and realize, hey, they need somebody to go walk the halls. And I don't see that there's a contract in that. That's that's sales process. That's, that's lead generation, right? You, you guys right. don't have a deal put together at that point. No, typically we have you know a non-disclosure or a sure. uh, teaming teaming agreement, something like that. But no, it's basically uh, we want to work with you. You want to work with us. How do we how do we actually work with each other? You know, don't don't just tell me all the contracts you're on because you know CNS. I can name a ton of contracts we're on, but it doesn't really mean anything. They're IDIQ, which basically means we're we have the right to then compete against a lot of other people for those contracts. Like, IDIQ, uh, you 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 just acronymed me. What's what's IDIQ? It's um, indefinite quantity, indefinite delivery, or indefinite okay. delivery, indefinite. Basically, what it is is it's a contract where uh, one of them that we're on is um, CIOSP three. It was released out of the uh, NIH, the National Institutes of Health, uh-huh. and we we basically have gotten the. Um, we now have the ability that when when anybody uses that contract, it's a it's called a GWAC contract, a government wide acquisition contract, meaning anybody in the government can use that contract. There's economics behind it that that I could explain if if you really you know want to get your uh, government MBA. <laughs> but um, we now have the ability to compete against. 39 other companies for any anything that comes out so it right. it does it does scale it down a little bit but still you're you're duking it out you're going uh, you know deal to deal slogging right. it out and, and some of them are you know can be significant it's a uh, it's in the billions of dollars uh for this contract and it's great from a pr standpoint you know cns cns is on the ciosp3 contract for you know eight billion dollars well that doesn't mean we're getting eight billion dollars it right. means we have the right to, to then compete against other companies right. and we're 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 actually a sub on that contract as well um We've got a, a team of, of two other companies that we're working with, so it it you know it gives you the ability to to get your foot in the door and, and compete, but it's certainly you know nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. So let's change let's change gears a little bit. I know that you've talked a little bit about uh, corporate network services CNS as one right. of the, the businesses. Um, I know you've got another, you know, another side of your shop, Anvil DataWorks, that I was familiar, more familiar with than CNS when we, when we first met. Um, 
one of the one of the things that's I've always been curious about, and I don't know that I've ever asked you specifically, is you know, you've got two te- fairly technical businesses. Some folks would say, you know, they're they're technical. They're both consulting companies. Um, why two different names? Uh, and that is that's funny. I hired a, uh, a communications manager, uh, director of communications, and that was one of the first questions he asked. He's trying to unify our messaging. He's trying to figure out the the, the marketing channels that he can start pushing our message out on. And again, the first question he asked is, why is it corporate network services and Anvil DataWorks? Everything you do, you do twice. It costs twice as much. What's going on here? The the problem or the challenge that we faced was we are uh, a big fish in the little pond of a of a program called FileMaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, FileMaker is wholly owned by Apple, and they are they're kind of the the best one of the best databases that nobody's ever heard about mm-hmm. um they you, you can do a lot of uh, back office automation with it you can you pretty much do anything you want just so long as it's, it's it's a little bit below the enterprise you know it's really good for like that 10 to 8 or 20 to 80 person shop that doesn't have any kind of specialized back office software to to run their business processes mm-hmm. so because it's owned by uh, because FileMaker is wholly owned by Apple, um, it's got that you know that Apple kind of swag, that kind of you know that cool hip feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of our you know we basically do three things: the, the government contracting, uh, managed services, and the the FileMaker um, business. Um, the managed services is really kind of buttoned down, uh, process driven, Microsoft driven. Um, there's not a whole lot of cool over there. It's very, <laughs> you know, get your business in shape. Our our value proposition to the to the client is we're going to put you in control of your business. We're going to make it so that our from our contract all the way up to doing business with us, you are going to be in control. I really think that uh, IT is one of the sleaziest industries out there. And when I started the company, I started with a thought of I wanted to be the garage you could bring your car to, and I wouldn't, you know, charge you three hundred dollars every time you came into the shop. I wanted to give you, you know, good advice, understand where you were going with your company, understand what your strategic goals were for your company, and then fit IT to that. So, back to why two companies? You got the the stogy. Let's just take care of business and throw as much money as we can to the bottom right corner on your P and L on on the CNS side, and then the Anvil side has to be you know peace signs and groovy and you know let's let's do the Apple thing. So we found that uh, at one point it took like six or seven clicks on the CNS side to get to anything to get to the word FileMaker. So um, we split it off, created Anvil rebranded just that division you know anvil mm-hmm. is, a, is a totally owned uh, division of, of cns um but just to make it so that people who were used to buying filemaker and people who were used to doing things with filemaker um fit in an environment that was that was friendlier the pendulum i think is starting to swing back i think filemaker um we as a business don't promote FileMaker as this hip happening, cool system. We find that it's as just as a valuable business tool as Excel or Word or 
you know, other things that you yeah. might use. Outlook, you know, something you might use right. on another day. I can't think of a single business that can't use FileMaker in, in some way. And you said, whoa, wait, Marshall, you just told me it's for t 20 to 80. FileMaker can also get tucked into much larger companies at, at a division level, uh, you know, mm -hmm. at, a, at a smaller level. It's certainly not enterprise software. We're not, we're not kidding ourselves. But the pendulum, I think, is swinging back. I think that uh, it is, it's a very serious uh, business application when used in the right place. You know, you're going to get the IT guys who are used to, to SQL and, and, you know, Oracle and, you know, Salesforce, stuff like that, that are going to kind of roll their eyes that, you know, what is this file? I actually had somebody once say, you know, how can you name a database FileMaker? And, and I'm thinking in my head, well, how can you call a word processor Word? You know, so to me, it's <laughs> kind of the same thing. Um, but the pendulum is swinging back. We're trying to um, we're trying to show people that FileMaker can be uh, a very um, a very good tool, and uh, um, it it should be part of your business portfolio. Uh, and it's one of the only things you know when you think about managed services, when you think about IT in general, the first thing you're trying to do is you're trying to get your infrastructure solidified and and best practices and up to date. And we have all kinds of ways that we do that. Very process, very procedure that, that again, puts you in control. When our virtual chief information officer meets with you, he's talking to you things about, um, you know, what are your goals for the quarter? What are your goals for the business? Where are your profit centers? There's no IT there. There's no, well, we, you know, we fixed seven patches and we, we right. took care of 37 viruses. Business owners typically don't care about that and they right. don't care about it so much that usually they don't even make the decision to hire the IT uh, company. You know, if you go into a business, 20 to 80 people, you call the business owner and say, you know, we've got a completely different way of looking at IT. And one of the first things they say is, oh, yeah, um, uh, my my office manager takes care of that. So call yep. her, you know, and let her make the decision. And to me, it's just crazy because, um, you know, business owners, the way they select IT is is basically the way that they buy a car. You know, they look at the features and they look at, you know, the, the things that it will do uh -huh. as opposed to looking at how it's going to uh, how you're going to maintain it, you know, how you're going to, to keep it going. So what we're what our strategy is, is really to get the infrastructure under control, give you as the business owner um, the ability to um have control and and you know things things that I think are very important like controlling your contracts. Don't sign a three-year contract. Don't sign anything long. It doesn't help you as a business owner. It only helps the managed services company. You know right. if they sign you to a three-year contract, it it just increases the value of their company. So so uh, let me interrupt you real quick. Sure, so, sure. I, I want to interject here around the idea of you know you you call a business owner they push you to talk to their office manager cuz that's who's making this decision about IT service provider and then you're doing quarterly meetings with a a, a VCIO a virtual chief information officer is coming in and talking to the business owner and you're not talking about technology at all there's no windows this mac os 10 or 11 that it's it's what are your goals for the quarter? What are your goals for the year? Uh, and and looking at control of contracts and those kind of things, are you finding that once you once you start working with a client, that you are able to get access to that business owner? That that business owner, how do they react to that kind of conversation from their IT guy? 
Well, one of the uh, one of the things that I do that I don't think a lot of people do is, as the owner of the business, I do all the uh, I do all the sales calls, and part of the process that I'm using is I'm kind of I'm kind of interviewing them too, mm-hmm. and making sure that that IT is strategic to them and that they're committed to the process and that they're committed to um, meeting with us, and they have to meet with us. Every account that we've lost, every account that we have problems with, it's because we're not meeting with the business owner or we're not meet, meeting with the, the true decision maker. Mm-hmm. Um, so by by doing that interview process up in the in the beginning and talking to the business owner and making sure that they're a good fit for us, they're very excited about the different way that we do it. You know, still it, it, the 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 evolution. You know, if you look at the Grand Canyon layers of IT, it used to be people would go out there and, and work time and materials. Then we got the brilliant idea that we're going to bundle hours. That was like the big breakthrough. You know, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna bundle ten hours together and give you a better price. He, see how awesome we are. Then the next thing was. Uh, we are going to come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and give you even a better rate. Well, what happens when problems were Tuesday and Thursday? You know, you, mm-hmm. you then default to this T and M thing. So I think that our approach by by you know the documentation and the meeting notes and the way that we go over everything with the uh, with the business owner because it's so business driven and not technology driven. One, they think it's they think it's very refreshing. Two. They see it as a completely different way and a better way. And three, and this is the most important thing, now I'm talking to them in language that they understand. If I tell them that their discombobulator is discombobulated, they are just – you know what does that mean you know and and that's why i say you know it is a little sleazy because you can go in and tell people oh my gosh if you don't you know if you don't replace x you know fill in the blank of any part of that server it's going to go down and and you're going to have all kinds of problems yeah, and now, now you're selling you're going to go out of business you're, certainty and, yeah. and now you're it's it's insurance right it's life insurance yeah, and I don't. I really don't believe in that. I had my uh, I had my Jerry Maguire moment. Uh, you know, fewer clients, better relationships. Yeah. Probably about three months ago. I don't let our inside rep do any tact. There's no tactics with what we do. You know, people kind of get into the sales thing where they, right. You know, how do you get rid? The best way to get rid of a salesperson ask for a quote. You know. Yeah. So uh, you're sitting there. Well, give me a quote. Yeah, my response is, well, you know how much we cost. So, you know, what what's the next step here? Uh, and it right. and it puts people a little bit off in the beginning. Yeah. But once they see that I'm really coming from a position where I've seen this process, I've seen this dance a million times. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you went in to buy a car and they just said, "Here's the price," and that's it. There's no negotiating. And the key is, you believe them. And you 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 there felt you like you yeah. were getting a good deal. Um, who is it? Carmax, I think, does that now. They just they don't yeah, negotiate. Yeah, we just got a Carmax here in here in St. Louis. I've not I've not been there, but I, they don't negotiate. Yeah, I think that that's, that's the their strategy. And you know, car dealers, car dealers, IT people, insurance. You know, it's kind of all the same. Do you do you trust them or not? Right. So and, you own these you own these businesses. You're uh, doing sales on the the managed service side. Uh, you do all the outside, like all the actual showing up in people's offices, sales calls. Um, if I'm listening to this, I'm wondering well, how big are these companies? I mean, how can they scale with that kind of you know that kind of bottleneck? The owner doing all the the selling. I 
I don't want you to share anything you're uncomfortable with. And remember, we're not editing anything here, but give give folks a sense of size, whatever that means to you. I mean, how how big are you guys? How do you answer that question? We we have about 56 people now across the company. I think one of the smartest things that I did and the hardest thing for me to learn, uh, I'm going to put this down as the the absolutely smartest thing that I ever did was I hired uh, I hired Brenda Sneed, who is our president, to run all the operations. Um, and it, it was interesting because, you know, as a business owner, you're used to doing everything yourself. And we had our moments. We had our, She had to teach me how to truly give up control. Mm-hmm. So from – from the operational side, we're completely scalable. Uh, we can bring in, you know, basically as much work as we want because she's processized everything. If I, that's a I, word, I hope you pay Brenda Sneed very well, Marshall. She uh, she does well. <laughs> she, yeah, because she earned she, every bit of it. If she's getting you to give up control of something, I, I was going to say because she has to work with me or because uh. of the work she's doing. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I always talk about, I always tell her that she could run seminars, and, and I'm seeing it. I, I belong to a couple peer groups where the owner is ready for that person to take control, but they don't let them take control. And it you read that, you know, you read that in MBA books, you read that in business books all the time of right, right. you gotta let control go. But I see it all the time where guys are saying, Oh yeah, I'm 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 letting control uh go to this other person, but they're not. I I literally, literally, this is not the the fake use of literally. I literally am only allowed to talk to some employees about sports and weather, um, and not about their job, how they're doing, um, what I think they should do, uh, any changes, anything like that. I need to really take that through Brenda and let the managers and, and operations take it. And I've learned my lesson a couple times. And it was, you know, a newspaper over the nose a couple times. So but. we're we're just about out of time, but I wanna sure. I wanna focus in on this thing because I think what you just came to or what you just revealed to us is something that everyone listening can can learn at some point. Um, delegation, giving control to someone else. It doesn't matter if you own the company, if you're you know, a, a new manager and you've got 10 people that report to you and this is the first time you've ever had to delegate anything, uh, there's – it's a challenge. What – can you name some specific things or uh, you know, a couple of items that you did or continue to do that allow you to give over control of not just – not just in your case, not just, hey, here's a few people and I, they have their jobs, but – this is, I mean, this is your baby, right? This is, these are your companies. You started this. This is. Yeah. Well, it's, it has nothing to do with what I did. I can go into a room and announce I gave control. And, and again, I've seen this. It's what they do. Uh, the biggest thing that Brenda and uh, Tom Keller is a, is a VP, uh, the biggest thing that they've done is they've fought to have that control. So if I go in and I do something like, try to make a change or, you know, just casually talk to somebody about some change that should be made that gets the, you know, it gets the employee all fired up and, you know, they're ready to go, but it doesn't fit in with what Tom and, and Brenda want to do. The most important quality you need to find in that, that lieutenant that you're trying to hire is, will they fight back? Will they take control of that, draw lines and tell you none shall pass? 
Yeah. You know, and, and that's the biggest thing. I joke around with Brenda all the time. There was a time when she had a resignation letter in an envelope sitting on the table ready to slide over to me if I didn't say the right things. I had no clue what was in that envelope, but she was ready to quit because she felt like she needed to have ultimate control. And either I was going to give her that job and put her in control and let her do her thing, or she was going to move on. So her core value, her core belief was, you want me to do the job I'm completely capable of? Let me do it. And I'm, I'm ready to fight you for it. And I, I find that's the easiest litmus test. You know, If you have yeah. somebody that you tell to do something and they just say, yes, sir, and away they go – you're you're really not getting anywhere. You 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 need to have a little bit of that tension in the conference room. But when everybody leaves the conference room, they all have to be on the same page, you know, and and, and right, move. Right. But I, I think the biggest quality is not so much what you do as a business owner. The most important thing is what are your people doing? What is their reaction? Are they are they and and have you built an environment where they're comfortable pushing back a little bit to yep. have that discussion? Yeah, if you're and, just barking orders and you know it, you, you, everybody's afraid that they're going to get fired if they say the wrong thing, that's not the kind of culture you need right. to grow. Yeah, and knowing you, Marshall, I know that you said uh, you you have a strong personality. At the same time, you're willing to willing to say, I don't know what I'm doing here, or certainly someone can do this better than me. Um, I've, I've heard you use those kind of words before. And creating the environment that makes that possible is your uh, is what you did there. I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind. I, I haven't seen it, but that's you know that's the way I'm sure it worked. So, Marshall, I, I truly appreciate your your time and your candor and uh, your willingness to come on and, and educate us all here a little bit. And uh, and wishing continued success. Is there? Uh, I don't know how big the audience here. This is this is like the second interview we've done, but let's assume it's a you know thousands of people, even though it's probably just my mom. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> is, anything that uh, that the audience wants to, how can they get a hold of you if they you know just want to say thank you? And I would encourage folks if you've gotten something out of this, um, shoot Marshall an email, say hey thanks Marshall, loved this thing that you talked about. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Sure, it's definitely email. Uh, my email, and you know, it's one of those branding things that we were talking about before. You know, the uh, the, the whole Anvil DataWorks versus CNS. We have the worst URL on the planet Earth <laughs> uh, because I have to say, uh, my email is m michaels. That's m m i c h e a l s at cornetser com. That's c o r n e t s e r dot com, and I have to spell it every yeah. single time. Well, so we're going we're going through a little bit of rebranding and hopefully we'll get something, you know, joe.com or <laughs> something easy to say. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Marshall. Hey, you just heard how to get a hold of Marshall. You can get a hold of me at Jason at hardwaymba.com. Really appreciate you taking the time to listen today. Please share with your friends hardwaymba.com. Find us on iTunes. Give us a great review. Thank you. Thank you for staying tuned all the way to the end, folks. 
As you know, you are a small but mighty group of listeners who listen all the way to the end of a podcast. You may be interested in joining our Hardway MBA Dean's List. Go to hardwaymba.com, sign up, make sure you get the best that we have to offer, and you get an open channel to communicate with me very directly uh, on things like show content, guests you'd like to hear. Uh, the other thing, I'd really love it if you would go to iTunes, uh, give us a great review, download all the episodes. We're making a big push here at the beginning of the of the podcast to make it to the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. Your downloads matter a lot. The, the last thing I'd ask you to do is share this podcast with your friends, folks. Nothing says thank you like sharing with your friends and colleagues. I truly appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us for a little bit today or listen while you're exercising, whatever the case might be. Uh, Thank you so much. Again, Jason at Hardway MBA. Take care of yourself.